Our scripture today comes from 1 John 4, chapter 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I don't know about you, but growing up, uh, maybe it was a Midwest thing. I, I don't think maybe. I don't think it is. You, you can tell me. But I heard quite a bit from people in my life, uh, uncles and, and others. I, I heard this phrase a lot. Let's see if it stands out to you. I heard people say, I can worship God just as well from a fishing boat in the middle of a lake as I can in a pew in a church on Sunday morning. People say that out here? All right. <laughs> I didn't think it was regional, but you never really know. So let's just look at that statement a little bit. I can worship God just as well from a fishing boat in the middle of the lake as I can from a pew in church on Sunday morning. Normally said by people who are fishing on Sunday morning, right? <laughs> or, or maybe they're golfing or maybe they're uh, doing some other kind of activity. Uh, not normally said on Wednesday that they're worshiping God while they fish, right? Fair enough. Um, but I think it's important, so let's look at some underlying assumptions here. What, what is kind of behind uh, this kind of statement that we hear regularly in, in reference to church and church services? Uh, what, again, are these underlying assumptions? And I think the big one is that my Christian faith is primarily about my relationship between me and God. So again, the assumption is that my Christian faith is primarily only about the relationship between me as an individual and God. And, and that's, that's it. Now, that is not a terrible assumption. It's not theologically uh, awful, but it is missing a depth to Christianity, and that's this, this us and we kind of language that you hear so much through Scripture. You hear about the body of Christ, the people of God, that, that they are in this journey together. Um, now, I know in our country, it's, it's very common to think of everything as, as individual, that everything is about me as an individual, my individual rights, my individual uh, this, that, and, and the other, uh, and sometimes that works our way into our American Christianity, if you will, that we think it is about us and God, and that's kind of the end of the story, and if that's true, and you're out in God's creation, and you're on a fishing boat, then certainly you and God can have a moment on a fishing boat. I don't deny that. I, I think you can. I don't think uh, it's necessarily terrible, but if that is the only place that you worship God, then what about your brothers and sisters in Christ that need you? What about the people that you are shoulder to shoulder with right now as you are singing worship songs? Does that relationship matter? 
Does that relationship matter in your faith? Does that relationship matter in how you walk with Jesus, how you walk on this journey of faith? Or is it truly just about you and God, and that's the end of the story? Or maybe you and your spouse and God, maybe you'll expand it that much, but it's still kind of like me and my own little group uh, and God, and and that's it. Uh, So today we're going to talk about life groups, uh, which is just this church's fancy word, many churches' fancy word for what we call our small group ministry uh, here at Chapel in the Pines. And it's not just about uh, getting together to study the Bible, although that happens. It's not just about getting together to study some kind of Christian devotional uh, book or something like that. It's, it's about experiencing life alongside other believers in a way that adds this level of depth to our own uh, Christian beliefs. And, and often we need each other. Other people help regulate us. You can have some weird, wacky theology on a fishing boat by yourself in the middle of a lake. I don't know if you've met these people, uh, <laughs> but, but it can exist, right? If, if you are just by yourself all the time, and that's your whole faith, it is just you and God, oh man, we can believe some weird things. Uh, especially if it's not you, I don't know, at least the Bible and God, <laughs> but if it's just you and God in a fishing boat, uh, you can... You can uh, get off the trail a little bit. So again, today we're going to talk about life groups, uh, and, and it's such an important topic, but it's also, it's also a biblical one. So we're going to look at Scripture, what Scripture says about living life alongside other believers and how we are built uh, intentionally. From the beginning, we are built to be in these kind of relationships uh, with other people. Now, I didn't tell him I was going to do this, so I apologize, but if you are a life group leader, if you you have a life group, maybe they meet at your house or or something, you meet meet somewhere else, and you're the leader of that group, as in uh, on the church's documents, you're the person I email uh, when I want to know stuff about the group. If that is you, I will ask you to please stand right now. We got some people standing in the the loft, uh, (laughs) running sound. Thank you all. Uh, there's even more of you. I know some of you. I'm also standing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, I'm going to ask you to stay standing. Don't sit yet. Now, if you are in a life group with Chapel in the Pines or, or maybe just another church, maybe you're like a weekender and you're like, I have a church back home and I'm in a group there. Uh, but if that's part of who you are or if you have a life group that would be uh, a little sad to hear you say no. <laughs> Uh, but if that's part of who you are, if you have one that you belong to, would you just raise your hand? No, I'm not going to make you all stand. So you all get what I'm going to talk about here, right? You all kind of get this thing. You can sit, you can sit now. Maybe I'll make you stand the whole time. That would be awkward. Uh, so this is, a, this is a good group. This is actually one of the things that, uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit, when I interviewed to be pastor of this church, um, there, there was a lot of people, like especially percentage-wise, a lot of people that were in life groups, that were in some kind of small group ministry, and uh, kudos to you all. That was, <laughs> that was something that, that made me think, okay, I think I could move uh, from the Midwest, move out to California, be at, be at this church, because that told me that, that there's people that are serious about their faith, 
here, that there's people who are not uh, necessarily as interested in the Sunday morning only kind of Christianity uh, that is so prevalent, uh, not just here, but, but across our, our whole country, I'm assuming probably across our whole world. Th- this idea that, that my Christianity is just this compartmentalized part of my life, and and sure, I like this sports team, and I do this for a hobby, and one of my other hobbies is that I'm also a Christian. And, and the time I do that part of my hobby is Sunday morning. And, and I go to a specific place, and I hear a specific person up front, and I, and I sing specific songs, and that's how I exercise uh, this hobby of mine, but, but not something that is all-encompassing in my life, not something I'm building my life this is not me recommending this, by the way, in case you're confused. Uh, but, but there's this mindset that many people have that this is just one other part of who I am. This is not the, the core. And, and when I saw, interviewing at this church, when I saw so many people that were in life groups, so many people that were in small groups, I thought, okay, must, must be a pretty good group that doesn't just have this as a compartmentalized little part of their life, but they, they realize there's something bigger, that there's something deeper here. Isolation. Sounds like a very simple sentence, but there's a lot of depth there. The, the Christian life is not a life that is meant to be lived in isolation. It's meant to be lived in community. It's meant to be lived alongside other people that we are journeying with. And and sure, all of us have community in some way or another, whether it's in churches or not. I mean, we have, we have friends, we have family, we have people that we choose to spend our social time with. These are all good relationships. Hopefully these are life-giving relationships to you. But there's something that happens when we surrender our lives to Christ. When we become believers, when we become Christians, however you want to say it, there's, there's something that happens that not only... Does Jesus become our Savior, but we get a new family? And it's a much bigger family than we ever bargained for. And there's plenty of crazy uncles, uh, but we get this, this, this big, new, huge Christian family, and the Bible calls it the body of Christ. And, and I just love this imagery of, of a body because, of course, Scripture goes on and it says many things about how uh, we all have different functioning roles, and it's not the job of the eye to hear things, and you know, this kind of language, and, and that truly makes me feel better when I see parts in my own Christian walk where maybe I have some growth areas. Maybe I have some areas that, that I realize uh, that other people in my life, other, other believers are better at. Well, I can get pretty negative about myself. I don't know about you. But if my whole Christianity is just about me and God, then I fall short all the time. But if it's about us in God, now I can lean on my brothers and my sisters in Christ, and I can realize maybe I'm not uh, a prayer warrior like my, my good friend is, and, and yet we are part of the same body. Not, not to say I, I shouldn't... Uh, work on something, but to say, I shouldn't put down myself because I fall short when this is actually about us in the first place. 
This is actually about us as a group. You know, the, the Bible paints uh, a pretty interesting picture of what Christian community could look like. Uh, the first one that stands out to me is in John chapter, or 1 John uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And, and I want you to listen for a key word here, and I'll just tell you what it is so you can listen right away. The word is love, and you're going to hear it a lot. All right, so this is 1 John Chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we, if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Five Bible verses. The word love is said 11 times. What's the point of the verse? <laughs> I heard someone say love. Very good. <laughs> Again, Bible study 101, right? <laughs> uh, what should we pay attention to in the verse? How should we treat each other? What does it mean to live in Christian community? It means that we are people of love. And not just some generic love, not just some, I was going to say lovey-dovey kind of love. Yeah. Not some lovey-dovey kind of love. This is, this is love that is shown best by the way Jesus lived his life. Uh, by his, his self-sacrificing. Jesus lived a sacrificial kind of love, and, and we are called to love each other in that way. John 15, 13 says it this way, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. In this kind of love, words are just simply not enough. This is the kind of love that requires action. This is the kind of love that requires uh, people coming alongside each other and not just, not just speaking uh, kind words and then moving on with their life, but this is the kind of love that something like uh, a life group can do well because you can actually journey through life with each other. You can be companions uh, on this Christian journey of, of finding out more about our God, finding out more about ourselves, and, and becoming healthier and more whole uh, people in a broken world. So I'd say that is the first uh, kind of distinctive and probably the most important of Christian community is this idea of love. And the second uh, is actually pretty similar. It's consistency. So Christian community is not one of these things that we enter into and then 
then don't do anything with for nine months, and, and then, then hang out with some people again and think that we're going to be best friends. That doesn't work in any relationship anywhere, right? Um, so, so it's very interesting. And, you know, in Acts chapter 2, we read that the believers were meeting daily with each other. It says they were, they were meeting to encourage one another and to worship God. That we are to pursue relationships where we can be consistently present, where we can show up uh, in each other's lives. And, amen.